Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, July the 14th, wherever you are, uh, whenever you um, get to, to listening to this, I wish you God's grace, God's love, God's mercy. May your eyes, your ears, your heart uh, be open to, to God's great loving presence near and within you. For those new to this podcast, who am I? My is Joe Zank. Uh, I am a lay Catholic minister within the Diocese of Green Bay. Uh, I uh, do a daily podcast Monday through Friday and read the gospel of the day, generally the gospel, sometimes the first reading, and, uh, and give my uh, two cents on that uh, reading that we heard, uh, and, and in efforts anyway, to help make the gospel uh, make sense in our life and apply it to our life so we can follow Jesus Christ more, more closely. I don't ever want to get in the way of the gospel reading. If the Spirit brings you a different way where you praise God, and you listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm just giving, uh, you know, the gospel is, is so deep and so large. Uh, I'm simply giving one spin on what that can look like. Um, so uh, feel free to subscribe. If you have subscribed, thank you. Uh, if, if you have rated it, I thank you. If you have not, I invite you to do that as well. Not for my sake, but it allows other people to... Uh, to see it and more easily find it if they're out there looking for a Catholic uh, podcast. So with that, let's read the gospel for today. It's a very short gospel, three verses, and we follow sequentially from uh, what we've been doing. So we remain in Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 27. Let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what we're hearing, brothers and sisters, again, so if we recall, because we always want to set the gospel in context for, what, three, four days, I want to say Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and maybe even into Monday, Jesus was preparing his disciples to go out on mission. And, um, and then this week, he's been talking about, listen, the, the, the kingdom of heaven, if we are going to live that, there's a price. There's a price that, that we have to pay. Uh, and that, uh, that price may look like we have to love God uh, beyond even mother and father that there will be division if we stand up, if we, as I used the example the other day, dive into the deep end of the pool, if we stand for Christ, if we sell out uh, for Jesus Christ, there will be people that will push back on that, that will leave us. And, and we shouldn't be surprised at that because they left Jesus. You know, if we look at John chapter six, right? When he's talking about his, his body and blood uh, as food and drink and, and disciples say, hey, this is too much for us. And they leave, right? 
and uh, and he looks at the disciples and says, "Will you too leave?" Uh, when he's talking to the rich young ruler, who has a lot, who says, "Hey, what must I do to possess eternal life?" And uh, and the Jesus says, "Well, you know the commandments." He says, "Well, I've been doing those since I was a child." And he says, "Ah, one thing you lack." Go and sell what you have and then come and follow me. But the man went away sad because he had many possessions. I'm not sure if he had the possessions or the possessions had him, right? Because he couldn't bring himself to sell. And Jesus didn't run after him. He went away. He left. He let him go. You know, brothers and sisters, so we, we come on that same crucible. We have to make that decision. Are we willing to sell out? Are we willing to, you know, know that, that our, at base... Uh, that love for God uh, must be uh, the lens through which we speak. Now, that was Monday and Tuesday, right? And, uh, and yesterday gave a lot of the woes, woes to you, because had you, uh, had uh, these other towns, Sodom was an example, heard and seen the works that have been done, they would have repented long ago, uh, and they would have turned around, they would have thought differently, they would have acted based on that, but you're not. You're just acting the same way. So again, he brings us right to that point and says, okay, you and I, we've seen it. We know the end of the story. How will we live? So why do I give that background? Because Jesus says, I give you praise. I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Um, these things are what I just said. Uh, that, you know what? Um, living a life for Christ brought him to the cross, or living a life for his father. And if we are going to live for Christ, who lived for his father, so essentially using the uh, math theorem, of course, A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, then we're living for God as well, we can expect that same uh, cross to come to us. Um, that, uh, that, this idea of repenting, that we have to live differently. He's not saying, you know, don't be learned and clever. You know, uh, you know don't go out and get a master's in theology or don't, uh, don't do any of those things. I think what he's talking about here, again, this is my spin. Don't buy it if, if it doesn't speak to you. But I think it's kind of like when he talks about riches. And he says, you know, it's harder for, for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. He's not saying riches are bad. He's not saying, don't go out and be rich. He's saying, there's a minefield there because we can learn to trust in our riches and that becomes our source of identity and our source of security. And I think that's the same thing here with the learned and clever. That can become our source of identity that I know God. Why? Because I have a master's in theology. I know God. Why? Because I went to the seminary. And I did. I'm not, I'm not trying to call out priests here or anything. I'm trying to use me as an example. You know, I, I know God better. I'm closer to him than you are because I'm a minister. All that stuff is, is it's an illusion. It's illusion. And the more that I or anybody else can, can fall behind in that identity, that I am learned and clever, therefore I know more or I am closer to, he's saying, stop it, stop it, because that's not real. That's not real. That may invite you to know more things, just like riches can allow you to advance the kingdom of God in certain ways. So can being learned in, in the ways of Scripture 
can advance the kingdom in certain ways. There's gift there if we choose to go that around those route, but there's lots of minefields there too. Lots of minefields that we can get our security identity in what I know. And there's a difference, right? We've talked about this. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Head knowledge and heart knowledge, right? And what he's saying is, listen, head knowledge is fine. There's, there's a place for that. But heart knowledge is what I want. And that's available to everybody. The, the, the child, like everybody can, can know me uh, in that biblical sense, in that sense of knowing within our heart, of knowing the spirit. Anybody can see me in my creation and see me in the basis of a day to, on, on a daily basis. And we can know God there because that's the, the part that, that invites us to live differently, right? Every one of us in our, in our childlike state literally can look and say, we're given a gift of a new day today. We didn't deserve it. We didn't, we didn't do anything to earn it. Um, we didn't put in a request for it. And therefore, Wednesday, July 14th came forward. It was all gift. And, and the learning clever may miss that because they're just focused on some scripture passage. Whereas the childlike, the childlike see it as, thank you, God. Thank you for this day. The childlike see the sun shine on the good and bad and the rain fall on the just and the unjust, right? Jesus used all those kind of examples and parables for those who are childlike as a way to understand who God is. The, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, right? But it grows into the biggest. You know, just as, as day follows night, so resurrection follows death. Just as a butterfly comes out of its cocoon. You know, the kingdom of God is like a man who has two sons, and, and, and one goes away and, and sells everything, you know, that he has in, on dissolute living. And this is what forgiveness looks like. Or the kingdom of God looks like a woman who has 10 coins. Or the kingdom of God looks like a shepherd, right? 99 sheep and loses one and goes out and searches for it. I can get that because I can see the kingdom of God and all that. Kingdom of God looks like a mother nursing a child. That's what love looks like. Look at that closeness. The kingdom of God looks like the pride that I feel in my child when they are just learning to draw this picture that the world would look at and say, it's ridiculous. There's no artistic value there. But as mother or father, we're like, look at that. Look what they're doing. Look what they're starting. That's, that's a, a childlike view of who God is and who we are. And what that pride looks like. Brothers and sisters, it is good to be learned. We need to, to seek out God and understand the scriptures. They are gorgeous and they are beautiful and they help us understand God more. But don't get caught in the minefields. Don't get caught in the fact that you are holier because of it or, or, or God loves you more because of it uh, or, or you know, that you are better than anyone else because of it. All untrue, all untrue. All it's to do is to help us feed other people around us. And you know what? They may not need as much feeding as we think everybody does because if their heart is open, they're seeing God in, in all of creation, in all of, of what goes on all around us. That's where God wants us.
That's being childlike, huh? Hey, today is a feast day. I'm just going to talk briefly. Uh, St. Kateri Tekakwitha. Um, we may have heard of her. She was, uh, she was canonized recently. When I say recently, within our lifetimes, most of us. Uh, Kateri lived back um, uh, in the, I want to say 16th, actually 17th century, born in 1656, born out in, in upper New York. Uh, a mere, you know, I want to say five, 10 years after Isaac Jogues, those Jesuits and his companions were all martyred by the, uh, the Iroquois up in northern uh, New York. Well, she was born there. She was also Indian, native, let's say Native American, uh, Algonquin, uh, native, uh, and her mother was a Christian, and her parents, um, her mother was given to the Mohawk uh, tribe, very, very powerful tribe out, out east, and her father was the chief of that Mohawk tribe. Well, her mother was uh, killed, uh, and her father died shortly thereafter, the Mohawk chief, and so she lived with her uncle, and um, her uncle then became chief, and and out there, they, they had Jesuits that would come through and the French and those native tribes had a, a peace treaty together. And they, the Jesuits come through, they called them black robes because they wore black robes. The black robes came through, and the, the uncle did not care for it at all, didn't want them there, but because of this treaty, he had to have them there. And he housed them, and that is where Kateri learned of uh, Christ uh, through her mother. Her mother planted the seed, but her mother died when she was four. And it was more through these black robes, these Jesuits. And uh, at 19, because she knew that if she converted to Christianity or asked them more about Jesus, her uncle would most likely kill her, uh, who was chief. And so she didn't ask them more. But they planted that seed. But at age 19, that seed had grown. That mustard seed had grown into a large a large plant. And she uh, her uncle, no, used them. She, had a call. she said, this is who I am. As a right, and go to save. And because she couldn't work on Sundays because it was a day of rest, uh, she was fed no food. And after being there for a year or so, it was so divisive among the community, one of the priests said, You better get out of here. So she went on a 200 mile journey up north to a town, Sault Ste. Marie, near Montreal. And uh, there was part of a native Christian community. And she was baptized and took the name Kateri, which means Catherine. Uh, in her native language. Uh, she had smallpox as a young child, uh, which killed her mother uh, and left her, meaning Kateri, disfigured and with pox. She was not attractive to the human eye, but she beamed and radiated a holiness. And uh, because of uh, these um, illnesses she carried with her, she died at a very early age, 24 but she uh, would meditate a, a day, or excuse me, an hour every day. She, uh, she wasn't part of a religious community, um, but she uh, acted as if she was and made vows to the church and just lived a beautiful example of a Christian life at that time. What can we learn from her? Well, we can learn a lot. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us think, Boy, if only we lived at a different times, or if only like you know, I had time for more peace, or or, or uh, you know, just quit in my, uh, or if only I lived during holier times. Well, Kateri had none of those uh, things going for her. She didn't have solitude. She went and created it. She would go off from the village an hour every day, and people accused her of things for that. 
she was looked down upon her. She didn't have health. Uh, she was treated as a slave. She was, she was treated as, as lesser. All of this, through all of this, she, she bore the burden and loved what she had found out and who she had found out. Uh, good, good lessons for us too, right? It's not a question of, of we have to have the circumstances right to be saints. God invites us to be saints today in our time right now. And the question, I think, is are we willing to jump in with both those feet like she did, even during the dangers and, and the opposition that Jesus warned us about that may come? Uh, it's, it's a good challenge for us to mull over today. What keeps me from that today? Let's, uh, let's pray, shall we? Uh, again, just invite you to bring anything going on in your heart today. Let's bring it to God. He knows. He knows what we need. And so let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Kateri Tekakwitha, pray for us. Brothers and sisters, be well. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Thanks for breaking open God's word with me today. And I wish you every good uh, until we meet again. God's peace.